Welcome back. I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast. We're still working through our concurrent study of the books of Philippians from the New Testament and Ecclesiastes in the Old. It's been a bit of a long study, I know, but hopefully working through these two books side by side has provided some fruitful commentary on how two very different books in the Bible can stress the same sentiment when it comes to our identities needing to be founded in God, not in the things of the world. Today we're covering the end of Ecclesiastes chapter 7. So the first half of the chapter spoke to the value of wisdom and the sovereignty of God. This episode will talk to some of the limitations of wisdom, to finding a healthy balance in life, to humanity's natural bend toward sin, and to the power that only God has to save us from our sin. I pray that this passage would cause our meditations to reflect on our personal limitations and then to press in closer to Jesus who overcame the limitations of men in order to offer us a path to salvation. All this have I seen in my days of vanity. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who lives long in his evil doing. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 15. Solomon uses a phrase here that shows up a number of times in Ecclesiastes when he refers to all the days that he has seen. Recall that Solomon was King David's son, king of Israel in his own right, and he did amazing things and whose days saw a number of crazy things. He built the temple to God in Jerusalem. He prayed for and was granted incredible wisdom from God. He expanded Israel's borders and oversaw a period of great prosperity in the nation. He accumulated vast wealth. He also tested just about every limit of human pleasure that could be tested. And here he speaks into some of the harsh realities that he observed, and that we still observe today. Sometimes righteous people die young, and then there are wicked people who prosper and live long, seemingly happy lives. We live in a fallen world, and the reality of that is that you can apply wisdom and follow biblical guidance, yet still be treated unjustly, still struggle, or still die. As Zach Eswine notes, there is no secret formula to life that you could just figure it out or get in good enough with God, and it would make everything happen the way that you hope. Phil Riken proclaims that sometimes life can be desperately unfair. For us, biblical wisdom is meant to provide guidelines for life, not guarantees for success. It's about the character that we strive toward and the heart behind our choices, not the worldly results that those choices produce. Don't be overly righteous, neither make yourself overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Don't be too wicked, neither be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take hold of this. Yes, also from that don't withdraw your hand, for he who fears God will come forth from them all. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 16 through 18. These verses sound perplexing at first, right? Like, don't be overly righteous or be too wicked. That doesn't sound like biblical wisdom at first hearing it. 
but it's not advising us to throw away wisdom or permitting us a certain amount of allowable wickedness. No, these verses are about balance and about where your heart is at. Just because you see righteous people die, or wicked people live, or vice versa, don't act a certain way in an attempt to get specific results. As we chatted about last week, God is sovereign, we are not. Also, don't strive to be overly righteous for righteousness sake, or to gain wisdom for wisdom's sake. Don't be self-righteous might be a good one. Don't think that you have it all figured out. Don't seek wisdom at the expense of humility because then you're going to throw away both. Jesus spoke about the self-righteousness of the Pharisees. They were leaders who cared more about outward religious expression than they did about where their hearts were. And on a number of occasions, Jesus took them to task about the superficiality of their faith. Their faith might have been broadcast a mile wide out of their mouths, but it was only millimeters deep in their heart. This is about fearing God deep in our hearts and allowing that to affect how we live. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. A Christian should try to walk a path of biblical wisdom and of biblical righteousness because we are walking a path toward God, not because we want to show it off. Wisdom is a strength to the wise man, more than ten rulers who are in a city. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and doesn't sin. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 19 and 20. Solomon underlines again that wisdom is good, and that it can make you more powerful than ten rulers in a city, says the NIV version. But he also takes the statement not to be overly wise and self-righteous even further when he declares that surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and doesn't sin. So none of us could possibly be perfectly righteous. It's just not possible for us. Our natural bend is toward rebellion from God. This has been true ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden, and it remains true today. Paul writes in Romans 3.10, There is no one righteous, no, not one. This is a basic truth of the gospel, right? We fall short of perfect righteousness, so Jesus came and he accomplished what we never could, what none of us could do. He bore the consequences of our unrighteousness on the cross to provide forgiveness for our sins, one sacrifice for all. Then, through his resurrection, he made a path for us to be raised to eternal life as well. The only person who lived a perfectly righteous life is Jesus, so we're called to follow him and to place our faith in him. Also, don't take heed to all words that are spoken, lest you hear your servant curse you. For often your own heart knows that you yourself have likewise cursed others. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 21 and 22. So we get yet another uncomfortable nugget of wisdom in these two verses. That before we care or react or get too worried about someone else's words toward us, we need to honestly evaluate our own hearts, as well as our own past actions. We're always curious what other people might be saying about us, right? You can call it image conscious, or paranoid, or sensitive, or just plain curious, but we all want to know what others are talking about and saying about us, and we all tend 
to be responsive in a way that kind of is prideful and puffed up. We get defensive and or we end up judging the other person pretty harshly or starting our own harsh words against them. In Ecclesiastes, we're reminded of our sinful nature. And here we're reminded that we tend to speak harshly about other people too. So maybe instead of reacting outwardly, we should look inwardly and allow ourselves to be humbled by our own past actions. And then we should let that humility and that wisdom dictate how we respond or how we don't respond in some situations. If you are a Christian, then you've been forgiven graciously. And now you're called to display some of that grace toward other people as well. All this I have proved in wisdom, I said. I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which is is far off and exceedingly deep. Who can find it out? I turned around and my heart sought to know and to search out and to seek wisdom and the scheme of things and to know that wickedness is stupidity and that foolishness is madness. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verses 23 through 25. So background on Solomon. He prayed for and was granted incredible wisdom from God. You remember that? I think I've said that a couple times now. But all the wisdom that he needed was given to him it's wisdom that he needed to do what God had laid out for him to do. But in Solomon's quest to find joy and pleasure and the secret of a fulfilled life, he also sought after more wisdom. And what did he find? That pursuing more wisdom just to seek wisdom or just to figure it out? Well, that's just hevel. It's a chasing after the wind. We joke that you could never find the ends of the internet. Well, that's true about the wisdom of God. Not only could we never find all of wisdom, but your search will leave you frustrated and unfulfilled. Some things are unfindable, wisdom that is unattainable to us. There are limits to both what wisdom can do for you in this life, and also limits to how much wisdom you will be able to gain throughout your life. The point is not to seek wisdom devoid of God. Instead, we should desire to seek God and in our quest for him, we're going to find wisdom too. Behold, this only have I found, that God made man upright, but they search for many schemes. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 29. So this verse is so straightforward, but it's also so all-encompassing. It's just such an accurate portrait of the human condition. It sums up just about everything that's happened since the garden. God made man upright, but they search for many schemes. So instead of living lives in the image of God, trying to reflect his glory, we all, all of us, try to come up with our own schemes, our own inventions, our own workarounds to life. A few years ago, the internet was full of memes and videos where people would publicize what was termed life hacks. They were designed to make something easier or to make us more successful at something. I'm not criticizing the instructions on the how to do things better videos. But you have to admit even the term life hack is instructive as to what we will search out. We will search out many schemes. And I guess this is the natural response to us trying to find fulfillment in the things around us. We try to chase the wind, 
and when we can't, we try to come up with gimmicks that make us feel like we can catch it this time. We work after trying to accumulate material things that will fill us, and when we still feel unfulfilled, we try to come up with new ways to feel full. We want more of what we can ever get, so we come up with illusions to make it seem like we have it. We distort wisdom. We attempt to make our own definitions of right and wrong, of good and bad, and then when we fall on our faces, we're surprised. We run from God, and then we try to convince ourselves that we're still okay, that we actually know better than Him. Solomon is imploring us to seek God, and to fear God, and to place our trust in God's wisdom, and God's plan for redeeming sinful humanity. Because even though Solomon was a son of David, he was not the promised son of David. Even though he was king in Jerusalem at that time, he was not the one true king of all time. Instead of searching endlessly through human schemes, trust in the one who redeems. Trust in Jesus. Lean into the peace and salvation and contentment that only he can offer. This week, seek wisdom, but remember the limitations of wisdom. Apart from God, apart from Jesus, wisdom is meaningless. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Next episode, we'll be back in the book of Philippians. Until then, though, I love you all.